0: It's the MV Ball Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Danny, and we are doing a Chicago Bears football preview, which means I'm bringing along my buddy, Andrew. And, Andrew, I am pumped because football is here, and we finally get to see this new Bears offense with Justin Fields coming back, and we're excited for his future. And there's, like every season, there's just a lot of uh, endless possibilities that we're just really excited for. What are you excited for so far? Well, I mean, obviously, bear season. <laughs> um, but
1: beyond that, it's uh, there were a lot of trades and pickups, signings, draft picks that happened this off season. So I'm looking forward to. I mean, my specifically, you're going to be on the offense, seeing you know what Justin Fields can do and how this Bears offense can develop and improve upon uh, how they did last year. So for me, that's going to be the big thing. Defense, I mean, we'll get into it, but for me, that's going to be kind of the low point of this team. But that offense has potential to be extremely exciting, and I'm looking forward to that very much.
0: I think that defines this season, Andrew, potential. And we'll just see how much they can reach that, how much they grow from this point last year to, uh, you know, the end of season this year. Uh, But we do have some football already that's been played, and we've seen two weeks of college football, one week. For the most part, but um Illinois has actually played one week, and I know we usually can join the two episodes together. For the preview episodes, we'll kind of split them up so we can get some more time. But we did watch Illinois beat Toledo at home 30 to 28, and what was kind of more of a nail biter than I think we thought it would be. We knew Toledo was gonna to be a good team. They won the Mac last year, but 10 penalties for over 100 yards really kind of uh, hampered the Illini in their ability to kind of just put this game away. In fact, they were losing 19-7 to in the third quarter. Um, overall thoughts from this game um, right off the bat?
1: Yeah, I mean, you said they won, but, man, was was that a close game? There were times there where I thought they weren't going to win. There was a fourth and either three or fourth and four where, uh, you know, that ball went – Casey Washington somehow came up with that ball, yeah. and I was worried as soon as it got released and I saw kind of the position we were in. but you know, they managed to win um a few points I guess from that game. One is quarterback play. I thought Luke Altmaier played pretty well. He obviously had that bad decision on the interception, but other than that, I thought he played pretty well. However, I thought our two strengths this season were going to be our offensive and defensive lines. I feel like both of them just lost in the trenches. They did not look how I expected. I thought our defensive line was going to be dominating and they just got ran all over. Um, They didn't look good. I don't know what was going on, but I had high hopes for that defensive line, especially. And to me, they just didn't look good to be honest.
0: I agree with that wholeheartedly, Andrew. It seemed like the two biggest strengths or the the two biggest non-questions of this team were in the trenches, uh, offensive, defensive line. And we repeatedly saw, especially on the offensive side of the ball, just the team just getting blown. The line of scrimmage would be immediately moved back a yard or two yards and you saw Josh McRae or Reggie love dodging two defenders in the backfield just to get to the line of scrimmage. And then maybe after contact, maybe get who or maybe one yard out of the play defensive line. Same thing. We saw the Johnny Newton, um, Tara Edwards, Keith Randolph getting blown off the line of scrimmage. Now I know they were getting double teamed at some points and they were just trying, trying to do containment for DeQuan Quan Finn, the quarterback, but I mean, you really saw on the, especially the running plays, it really wasn't until, I don't know, three or four yards past the line of scrimmage where the running back even had contact with someone. And then he would drag them forward for another three or four yards, setting up a short second down or a short third down play. Um, it was just very disconcerting to see the lack of discipline on that side of the ball, on both sides of the ball. Uh, it was just, uh, it was concerning to say the least.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned it earlier, but on both sides of the ball, especially on the defensive side, that was tough. Like we, we thought we had them stopped and then you get a penalty and then you think you have them, you think you have momentum, another penalty. And yeah. I mean, it's tough to win when you have penalties like that. And man, thank goodness for that pick six and some other things that went our way, but those penalties are killer we got we really need to stop those
0: they were killer the lack of discipline on assignments you saw the outside linebackers multiple occasions I saw South Coleman get burned on assignment and just commit too early or just not recognize a play and just biting the bullet way too early on a play and it cost us a lot. And Daquan Finn had a bunch of yards after contact or just have a play was pretty much just like blown up by the secondary. And yet DeQuan Finn was able to make something out of nothing because there was just no containment out of it. And I think that kind of brings us into the secondary. I really thought that was gonna be the biggest question. Uh, and like the linebackers, they played kind of how I thought they would. They were just, you know, serviceable right we we knew they weren't going to be all americans there but we thought they would be serviceable because they were veterans right the the secondary i had huge questions about that and there were so many new faces i mean we we've seen them here and there spot you know plays here and there but not so many new starters at once and i thought they were more than serviceable and obviously miles scott having his first start as a free safety after playing the first two years of wide receiver, kind of the Kirby Joseph and Kendall Smith uh, role or playbook, and he performed really well, as well as the rest of the secondary, minus, you know, a couple pass interference calls, but overall, I thought they played really well. I'd
1: honestly say the secondary played better than the defensive line. I mean, the front seven in general, I would have thought the secondary played better. I mean they for the most part did their jobs, you know, they had obviously that pick six and yeah, it was, it was, I was upset with that defensive line. I I thought they were really going to get to the quarterback, stop that run game. And yeah, that, that raised a lot of questions for me moving forward, but at least our secondary looks good. You know, we'll see what, maybe this was just a fluke game for the defensive line, or maybe they got schemed well against, you know, we'll see how it progresses throughout the season, but Man, I hope they get back to how they were last year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Another couple surprises before we switch over to the Chicago Bears here. Specialists, awesome. A-plus on them, especially some special team coverage plays. They saw James Kroots and Tyler Strange just really execute some great tackles on special teams coverage. And obviously, Hugh Robertson and Caleb Griffin did really well. And, you know, if we're not obviously talking about them too much, then that's probably a good thing. And then I think, Andrew, I I mean, it's only one game, I know. And I know it was against the Mag team. I think we found our quarterback.
1: Yeah, and I would agree with that. I also want to mention, though, I know in our last episode, I was talking about the wide receivers and how I had a lot of questions mm-hmm. there. I thought Pat Bryan especially played really well. Casey Washington had that really nice catch. So, you know, I thought the receivers played well. And Luke Allmire, you know, obviously a- – aside from that interception he threw where I don't know why he threw that ball. But, you know, aside from that, I thought he played pretty well and I thought the receivers also played well. And you didn't even see Isaiah Williams getting that many catches, but Pat Bryan was, he was playing well.
0: Yeah. I think it was like, I think three wide receivers that played, you know, big um, serviceable roles, Pat Bryan, Casey Washington, Isaiah Williams, all had over 50 yards. And then, Isaiah Williams, we kind of just expect huge explosive stuff because we know he's just uh he's that kind of talent. But Casey Washington, unbelievable hands, especially over the middle. We saw that a lot last year with Tommy DeVito just zipping those efficient passes over the middle for those short yardage gains. But we saw Pat Bryant, I think he we saw him a little bit more in the slot this uh, this game. And I think we're gonna be seeing that a little bit more moving forward, seeing how he's a little bit more versatile as opposed to just being the outside uh flanker. And I was really impressed with the wide receivers. We didn't really see too many people behind them, but those three top receivers liked what I saw.
1: Oh yeah. And their connection with the quarterback, you know, that's looking good. And Hey, maybe we found our quarterback. Let's see. Let's see how the season progresses. I don't want to speak too early.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So Illinois goes to play Kansas in Lawrence, Kansas this Friday which I think is just a better version of Toledo. Maybe not defensive-wise, they're the same, but I think the offensive side of the ball for uh, Kansas is more explosive than Toledo. But a mobile quarterback, Big 12, preseason player of the year, uh, is their quarterback, Jalen Daniels. And uh, they're going to have a huge test for them, the defense will, uh, going up against them. But I I feel like the offense can keep them in this game. Um, What are your thoughts and going into this game and predictions?
1: Yeah, I mean, offensively, hopefully they can repeat what they did against Toledo. But defensively, if we can't get to the quarterback and, you know, stop explosive plays, it's going to be a long game for us because that defense is just going to be on their heels. Guys are going to get gassed. I think that's one thing we really need to see fix this game, not only to help them win this game, but also to make us feel better moving forward as they start going into Big Ten play if that defensive line still does not look good, it's going to be a very long season for us. So I'm hopeful for that, but, you know, I think it'll be another exciting game.
0: I agree. Let's hope we take a big step forward from week one to week two. All right, let's man. Let's switch over to the Chicago bears here and week one against the Packers first thoughts before we dive into the roster breakdown, we open up against our rivals. First thoughts going up against the Packers.
1: First thought is, We don't like Green Bay. (laughs) Let's go go in. Uh but on a serious note, I mean, I'm excited for this team this year. We don't we really don't know what Green Bay is going to be like. I mean, obviously, people know Aaron Rodgers is out of Green Bay now. Jordan Love taking over. What's he gonna be like? How's his chemistry gonna be with their receivers? They have some young receivers over there. So You know they have they have a decent defense as well, so it'll be a good test for the Bears. I'm hopeful that they can come out swinging, especially offensively, and lock things down on the defensive side. You know, um, this is a game you you really need to win. I'm I'm a little nervous for it, but you know this is like week one against Green Bay. Just finish the Aaron Rodgers era. You got to come home with this win.
0: My first thought is, dear God, dear God, please don't let them have a hall of fame quarterback and that way three generations in a row they have a hall of fame quarterback i just can't handle it i just can't do it so i really obviously i hope jordan love has a very success, successful career i just hope it's not in green bay
1: <laughs> me too or in chicago
0: yeah uh so let's talk about the quarterback position with justin fields let's just get that out of the way justin fields we saw sparks in his first two seasons we hope having the same offensive coordinator and the same system can kind of help him improve from year one to year two. My biggest concern is just, uh, we know the explosiveness is there, the accuracy and the consistency that NFL quarterback needs game in and game out overall concerns, Andrew. And do you think he's capable of making the improvements necessary?
1: I'm a believer in Justin Fields. So, you know, I I've like what I've seen so far. I've seen a lot of reports of him and the receivers and him and DJ Moore. I mean, you spoke. You didn't really see it in the preseason a whole lot, but I think what we're gonna see and some of the reports I've read and stuff that DJ Moore and Justin Fields have a really good connection. You look at our receiving core from last year, this year. You know, last year I think we started the season with Darnell Mooney is our number one receiver. And then after that, it was just like a drop off. You know, you had Equinemius St. Brown in there and, you know, you had some other guys and it was like, okay, this year you're going in with Darnell Mooney as your either two or three receiver, mm-hmm. you know, depending where you're putting Chase Claypool. And then you have DJ Moore coming in as that number one receiver. So now Justin Fields, he has the weapons around him that he needs. There's a couple questions on the offensive line, but this is honestly Justin Fields season to prove it. You know, I think throughout the season, you will you will either say Justin Fields is our franchise quarterback or we'll say we need to move on. And I think that's going to be the big question we get answered this year is can Justin be that franchise quarterback? And if not, this next draft has a lot of quarterbacks coming up. We have two first round picks. You know, maybe we make that quarterback switch then. But I'm optimistic about it. I think Justin can take that next big step, lead this team to a lot more success than we had last year and I'm excited to see that but you know it's the NFL Um, we'll see what happens and you know it's a long season
0: it is it is and like you said the offensive line improved but injuries over training camp kind of maybe caution us a little bit more about the offensive line and the improvement that they made roster wise I think Hopefully, we see Cole commit, take another step. This is the year that he needs to do that and really live up to that draft type that you know local kid coming back home to play for Chicago that we really need to see. Wide receiver core definitely took a step forward. Chase Claypool needs to make himself. This is a you know break or make it year, make it or break it year for him. We, if he really wants to establish himself as a top three wide receiver on a team in the league, this year needs to be the year because the bears will not hesitate with the draft capital they have going into the next draft and the free eight, the cap room that they have, they will not hesitate to cut anyone who is not performing for them. Cause it, it's not his, I mean, it's his player, but the GM I'm talking about, but it's, he's really not marrying himself to anybody and really kind of I don't, other than maybe Trevor. No, never mind. Vail Jones. But even then, he's really not scared to cut anyone. And he's made that known. So wide receiver-wise, took a big step forward. Running back, we'll see. I think I have a bigger question mark on that with us not bringing David Montgomery back. But overall, I think this is Justin Fields. You have the keys to the best offense you've had here so far in the three years you've been here. So I know it's not perfect. The offense is not a Super Bowl contender. But this offense is definitely serviceable enough that we, like you referenced, Andrew, should have a decision, should know the answer whether he's gonna be our future
1: the rookie they drafted, he looks like he has some potential. He's super fast, he's good mm-hmm. at route running. Yeah, but he's had some drop issues. So we'll see if he develops into something. You know, Ryan Poles, he's he cuts players. He doesn't he doesn't care. Like if you're not gonna be a good part of this team, you're not delivering. He's going to cut you, even if you've been paid. P.J. Walker got a contract, got cut. Tyson Bajan took his spot. So Ryan Bulls will make those tough decisions. And in the running game, I mean, you mentioned we're not bringing back David Montgomery. We did get Roshan Johnson, though, and Deontay Foreman. So we have a pretty solid running back. I'm excited to see what Roshan Johnson can do. I mean, he was behind Bijan at Texas, so...
0: It's kind of like, you know, if Bijan wasn't there, how would they quit? I think that would be a good way to describe uh the defensive back seven. That front, the defensive front, some questions. I know def- I I know you can't fix every single part of a team in one offseason, but you really need good pass rushers to make your team competitive throughout an entire season. You can kind of patchwork a game or two and management probably doesn't expect them to make a run at this rule but you would like to see them take a big step forward and if not super promising we'll see how they can
1: do this year but that linebacker core I would argue is one of the if not the best linebacker cores in the league I mean you bring in Tremaine Tremaine Edmonds TJ Edwards and then you have Jack Sanborn that's a really solid linebacker committee mm-hmm. there so I'm not too worried about their We even have some depth at linebacker. The secondary, you know, watching the preseason, I have some questions there. Uh, The safeties, I think, you know, Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, you know what to expect from them. Kyler Gordon, he had his ups and downs last season, hoping he can expand and improve on that. Tyreek Stevenson, though, he's the rookie coming in. He had some nice plays in preseason, but he also got burned on some plays and gave up some – passes that you don't really like to see so we'll see how he can develop as that rookie but you know uh if he can play solid across from jalen johnson then that's gonna be a pretty good secondary too so you know big question there is obviously that defensive line as you mentioned
0: yeah and is this eddie jackson's
1: contract here is he a free agent free agent after this year or does he have one more year I think he's got at least one more year. He signed a contract, not a big contract, not too long.
0: I think it was after the 2018 season, I think, right? Is when he signed that huge contract. That sounds about right. Okay. <laughs> and so and obviously a veteran guy. At the very least, we know he's he's had some up and down seasons with the Bears last year. I, I thought he was he was pretty good in some spots. There was all you know, not as good as 2018. It's hard to you know have the same year like that again without other Hall of Famers or at least all pro bowlers around you, but he he was more than serviceable last year and showed some really good flashes, I thought, and showed that it's not just a steep decline. Overall, defensive wise, do you think they're gonna have to show more blitz packages to help that defensive front and just leave the the back four, back five on an island that you know they're just gonna be really just trying to stop the run. And because of that, they just have to leave their defensive backs out there. What do you think they're going to have to rely, you know, do more scheme wise to make up for that lack of, you know, pass rush? I, I do think you're going to have to do I think you're going to have to bring
1: more blitzes and you're just going to have to rely on that secondary to lock things down because, you know, if you don't get to the quarterback and he has enough time, coverage is going to break down eventually. And you know, these corners, these safeties, it's only a matter of time. They're going to get burned sometimes. The longer you give the quarterback, the more likely that happens. So if we're not getting any pressure, that's going to be really tough. So I think they are going to have to dial up some blitzes, send some of those linebackers to stop the run. You know, it's they're going to have to be creative and we'll see what they do on defense. We'll see what the defensive coordinator Alan Williams can do. I'm hoping they can kind of get some pressures at least, you know, we did bring in some new guys. We have Mm -hmm. some draft picks that are developing, but I think, I think we're still going to struggle up front. So they're going to have to dial something up to get pressure on the quarterback and stop that run
0: game. What about the specialists, Andrew? I mean, we don't really have to learn. I'm not say learn. We don't really have to worry about it as much in the the pros as far as punters, long snappers, like we do in college. But kickers, for sure, that's always a point of contention in the NFL because you always have to rely on a kicker at some point during the course of a season. Cairo Santos, veteran kicker. I'm not too worried about him. I he might. He's not Justin Tucker, but we know he can get the job done.
1: Yeah, and he doesn't have the strongest leg. I think we saw that last season. There were a couple times they elected not to take long field goals with Cairo. But overall, you know, he's been pretty consistent. He's been good for the Bears, so not too worried there. Think about it. Patrick Scales, he's been a long snapper for a while. I can't even – I like, off the top of my head, I can't think of a bad long snap he's had. Like, back he's back been about really was, solid. Yeah. yeah. So – you know, good for him. We keep bringing him back. Great to hear that. Uh, Trent and Gale, he's doing his job as a punter, doing a nice job of it. So, you know, on that team, on that specialist side, I think we're pretty much set. We brought all three guys back. We know what to expect. You know, Cairo's not going to be kicking 55 plus yards, but, you know, he can be pretty good on extra points and shorter field goals. And that's all you really need
0: from him. I like that there's continuity. I think that's the best sign of a above average specialist program on your team is that you see continuity and you're not constantly changing parts because then when that happens, there's just too much chance for something to go wrong. Okay. Coaching wise, what is your overall concern with Matt Eberflus and what is your greatest, you know, I believe in him.
1: Um. I do believe in Matty. I think, you know, you kind of hear and see these reports from camps and from players and the players seem to really like him. He brings a a very good intensity. Players like that. They're always hustling to the ball. Um, You didn't always see that a couple of years ago. You would sometimes see guys just kind of, yeah, doing whatever, but you know, um, I saw a clip where on that, I think it was one of the screenplays from preseason there's an offensive lineman that was down it all the way at like the 20 yard line, throwing a block. And, you know, Iberflus went and pointed that out. This is what I like my offensive lineman, like getting downfield. So you didn't see that a while ago. So I really like that intensity he's bringing, he's getting guys to hustle to keep with the play until it's over. Um, my concern isn't so much with Matt Eberflus as it is with the coordinators. I think we saw a little bit from Luke Gutsy. We saw him adjust play to Justin Fields strengths, but you know, now that he has that receiving core, he's got to let Justin loose a little. I think let Justin make some calls, make some audibles, you know, let him run that offense fully and believe in him. And on the defensive side, it's going to be tough. He's going to, they're going to have to scheme something up, you know, as we said, for getting pressure. So I think that's where my big concern is. Can our defense and our defensive coordinator scheme enough to get pressure and stop that run game or? Is it just going to be another season where, you know, you put up 30 plus points and you still lose because your defense can't stop the run game.
0: And and correct me if I'm wrong, but I really do think that management and the coaching staff, obviously the coaching staff wants to win every game, but they know their jobs are safe and they know that if Justin Fields has success, their jobs are going to be, or if he takes a, a big step forward, their jobs are going to be safe. I feel like they're using this season. Okay defense you know we want you to perform well but if you give up 50 points every game but our offense takes a huge step forward and we really see the progress Justin Fields makes we see the continuity on the offensive line and we know who our running back and backup running back are going to be for the next two or three years i really don't think they're that all and they let's say they go 7 and 9 6 and uh 6, six and 11 Uh, I really don't think they're going to be that upset with the season. Obviously wins loss sucks, but if they see like a huge step forward in the offense, I really think upstairs they're going to be happy about this season. Yeah. If your offense is putting up 30, 40,
1: whatever, you know, a lot of points each game and you're just losing because your defense is getting destroyed and their offense is running all over you. I would honestly say that's still a win because you saw you worked a lot on the offense this yeah. year. I mean, you worked on linebackers too, but you focused on the offense. You got in a new tackle, you got in a new right guard, you got in a number one receiver. Um, you know, you you got some draft picks on that offensive line and you know, receivers and stuff. So you really invest in that offense and, and I hope it works out. You know, we can invest in that defense next year, whether it's free agency, we still have a lot of money there or some draft picks so you know as you said if justin fields takes that step forward and the offense looks solid i think they're going to be happy whether it's five you know if it's less than five wins maybe not so much but if you're between like five and eight wins and that offense looks good i think you consider that a win on the season you get great draft picks next season because you got those two first rounders and you can go get some guys that can really improve this team so i really think that's what we're looking for justin fields can take that next step forward can that offense be good to elite? And, you know, if that's a yes, I would say good season. Let's fix the defense now.
0: Yeah, because let's say the offensive side of the ball, they're 70% of the way there and the defense is, oh man, we're only like 35% of the way there. You have the draft capital and the the cap room also to kind of, all right, we'll tweak the offense a little bit, maybe add a piece, switch out a piece here on the offensive line. And you really don't have to do too much of the offense, but then, uh, and then you just throw everything else at the defense. And I'm not saying you have to ruin your cap space for the next, you know, five years, but you can pretty much throw in a lot of young draft, you know, young, cheap guys on the defensive side of the ball. And you're really setting yourself up for success and a, like a deep playoff run next year. Yeah. And one thing I really like that Ryan Poles did that Ryan Pace
1: would not have done is this season, I think Ryan Poles understood we're not going to be a Super Bowl contender this season. So he's not going to go sign these guys. He's not going to go overpay for guys, sign them to these big multi-year contracts. Instead, he's going to sign guys that he thinks can help the team, but he's not going to overpay for them. He's not going to dig into the future cap space to make this happen. He's going to get some pieces, try some guys out, and then next season, if things look good and, you know, we could potentially be Super Bowl contenders, we're missing, you know, two or three pieces, he'll go get those guys. And I think we're more than two or three pieces away right now from being a Super Bowl contender, and he understands that. So he's being patient, which I like. He's stocking up on, cap, on uh, draft picks. We have that cap space. And, you know, I think once he sees we're kind of in that area, he'll pull the trigger and, you know, go out and make this team what they need to be.
0: I honestly think the last four or five years, the Ryan Pace era was just him trying to save his job. Like He was making moves like he had to save his job year in and year out when I don't think the seat was that hot, honestly. But that's kind of how he treated his roster, where he would just kind of sell a bunch of draft picks for, to move up one round to take a guy, and usually that guy... If you're doing that time and time again, you're hoping those guys are gonna be multi-year pro bowlers or uh all uh, hopefully Hall of Famers, but usually it's not how it works, and he he didn't really invest too much in the draft. And in fact, he divested from it and really just invested in free agency and tried to do these stopgap moves, almost like going the JUCO route, where really he wasn't investing in the future, he was just trying to. Find lightning in a bottle year in and year out, and I I hope Ryan Poles can find that balance of okay. I need to draft in the you know invest in the long term with draft picks, value them, and not just give them away like their candy on Halloween, but also okay we have a really good chance to go to the super bowl this year i am not scared of trading in the middle of the season for this linebacker that we desperately need because of an injury and then use the draft capital that way if you have to get rid of it or the cap room that way but to not just hamper yourself in the off season and then when the middle of the season happens or next year happens and guys are up on contracts or whatever it is and you're just kind of sitting there oh crap what do i do now
1: Yeah, I mean, isn't it funny how different Ryan Poles and Ryan Pace are? You saw Ryan Pace move up in the draft to get Mitch Trubisky. You know, you saw him spend a lot on guys. He would keep moving up. He wouldn't cut his losses. If there was a guy that wasn't working, he would just keep him around basically to try and, you know, save himself. Ryan Poles, he's not afraid to admit he made a mistake. He signs a guy, PJ Walker, says it's not working out. I'm going to cut my losses. Don't need him on the roster. He trades down even from nine to 10, something as simple as that he traded down one spot because we weren't going to take Jalen Carter picks up an extra late round pick. Cool. Yeah. Keep trading down. You know, he's smart with it. They're very different. And I like what Ryan pulls. I mean, he let go of a lot of guys when he took over that were on big contracts. He made cap space, stocked up on draft picks. I like what I'm seeing from him. And, you know, we'll obviously see a couple years down the road, how it all works out. But I like his philosophy of let's build through the draft. Let's get young guys in here. You know, signing a 32-year-old is okay if you're a Super Bowl contender. If not, you want to get that 24-, 23-year-old guy in
0: that can be with your team for a while. Exactly. Any draft round, obviously the sixth and seventh rounders are not going to hit as much, but even then, you never know. And like you said, he traded one pick back and he got a fourth-round pick out of it. Who knows that guy, even if he's just like a pro bowl caliber talent for one year and he's in your system for that one year, that's awesome. That was a huge win that you wouldn't have had if you had just not gone back around or gone back one pick. So it's it's really just encouraging to see, like you said, investing through the draft and just hoping he just invests in, now I don't call him cheap young talent, but just kind of not hamstringing your, your, your team for the foreseeable future. All right, Andrew, let's look at the schedule. I didn't see a huge where I looked at the schedule and I'm just like, oh, my goodness, I see three wins again. But I do really think there's a lot of potential. And I know the NFL is just such a league of parity, probably one of the best, probably the best league in American sports. It's just for parity wise uh, year in and year out first to last. There's plenty of teams that do that. And the Bears could be one of those teams first to last. But I, I look at the schedule and I'm not terrified of it.
1: No, me either. I
0: mean, there's
1: there's some teams on here that are a little scary. But for the most – I mean, you play the Chiefs. But that's <laughs> that's going to be tough. But, you know, the Packers without Aaron Rodgers, without Devontae Adams. Okay. I think we can either split or take two the Bucs no longer have Tom Brady. You know, there's, there's been a lot of changes on these teams. Obviously the chiefs are scary. I think our division could be really good this year. You got the Vikings, the lions, I think could both be solid, but the games we have outside of our division, I'm not like terrified of, I mean, you have the Cardinals in there, which I think is, you know, (laughs) probably going to be an easy win. I hope it seems like they're tanking this year. So I'm not really terrified of this. game. I know
0: I, I see a lot of rebuilding teams, the Buccaneers, Broncos, commanders, even the Raiders, I would call them the saints, Panthers, for sure. Uh, Browns, you know, we'll see what Deshaun Watson, if he's able to bounce back or not. And the Cardinals, like you said, I think the, and then the Falcons, we'll see if they take his big step forward. But I think that the big one, obviously chiefs, I'll probably just circle, you know, circle the L on that one. If they win great, you never know. But um, the rest of them, maybe uh, obviously going up against the division is always a crapshoot, but the rest of them not scared. I don't think it's going to be, it's not that intimidating of a schedule. We went three and 14 last year, Andrew, what is your win loss prediction? You know, I'm hopeful here. I'm looking, I think we're going seven and 10 this year. I that's exactly where I was also. (laughs) I, I do think, they're going to take a step forward. And even though it is a favorable schedule and they were in a lot of close games last year, I just, I need to see it on the defensive front because man, they were in a lot of shootouts last year and they didn't maybe have the offensive horses to keep up, but I just did not see a big enough, change on the defensive side of the ball to make me think that they were gonna flip the script and have a winning record and and maybe even get to double digit wins I, it's there the potentials there if some things slide their way but I'd probably uh they're on that six to eight win range center right at seven and ten which I'm gonna revise mine to, I'm gonna revise mine to eight
1: and nine just so I can take the over seven and a
0: half. okay <laughs> nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that okay Andrew Do you think your Chicago White Sox, before we get out of here, are they going to move to Soldier Field, yes or no?
1: I don't want them to. I don't want them to share a stadium. I want them to have their own stadium. I don't like the teams that share baseball and football stadiums. I just don't think it works out. I want them to have their own stadium. If they want to go to Soldier Field and the Bears want to go to Arlington Heights, please do, but – I don't want
0: them in the same stadium. And I don't know if it would really help them going to Soldier Field because they're lacking the Wrigleyville to really make them a, a year round attraction or an even like before and after game attraction. Soldier Field does not provide that. It's one of the big reasons why the Chicago Bears are leaving there. And then it's a <laughs> it's a bear to get to Soldier Field. Uh, on game day it's not going to be any easier to get there for white Sox games and it's just it doesn't fit putting a baseball team inside of a football stadium it just seems very short-sighted
1: yeah and i've also heard the idea of they'll move to arlington heights along with the bears i don't like that either i they need their own stadiums I stadium it. outside what was it, oakland i think had them in one i did not like the look of that no get your own stadium go to two, two separate places and we're good to go
0: yeah i agree All right, everybody, thank you for listening, and uh, stay tuned for the Illinois and Bears recaps throughout the season. Hopefully we see a lot of Ws. Andrew, thank you for joining me, man.
1: Thanks, Danny.